welcome back to the fourth episode of the Northern Seal Podcast. I am your host with the most biggest, bodacious booty in town, Dominic Paskowski. And with me is my brother with the biggest, baddest boobies in town, Christopher Paskowski. Hey, you know, I represent for my big old bees. Let's go. Let's go. We got those body oddies, don't we? Anyways, let's <laughs> welcome back to the show. Uh, we are, with this being our fourth show, it's April. Is it April? No, it's March. What is the day is that today, Chris? March 30th. March 30th. March 30th today? Yeah. Um, yep. <clears throat> we're in this kind of weird lull period right now, which we'll be in a little bit later. We're kind of in between free, the end of free agency and the draft. So... We're just going to stall for like 50 minutes, I think. I don't know what we're going to do. Stalling. Hmm. Me? Stalling? Oh, wait. Mm. I have something to talk oh. about. Go for it. Just the new overtime rules came into effect this year. This week. New overtime rules. They had some, they had some other rules that they implemented uh, this week in the NFL. Rules that do not matter or that I don't care about, like kickoff rules and... Uh, something else, but they made a new overtime rule for the playoffs. So they're changing the kickoff rules again, huh? Oh, that's what you want to talk about. Yep. I don't care about anything else but kicking <laughs> off. <laughs> the new overtime rules for the playoffs are stated as each team will now get a possession in the playoffs no matter what. Chris, how do you feel about yeah. that? Uh, so. You know, I'll be honest. I I'm a fan of it. I I really like the idea. I think uh, more often than not, it kind of takes away a lot of the argument of oh, they won on a coin toss or we lost because of a coin toss. So adding that aspect in there, you know, maybe being able to extend a game, I really enjoyed that idea. Sure. What about you? I disagree. I actually really, I. I actually don't like it. It's not that I don't like it, you know, before anyone, you know, before our, our six listeners flame flame me for not liking it. Uh, it, it. The only reason why is because if you are a Steeler fan and you've heard Mike Tomlin talk about it and you've heard TJ Watt talk about it and other defensive people, um, they've both mentioned how the game is long enough to win it on its own and it's a whole team game, Right. Uh, as a defensive person like T.J. Watt said, they should be able to win the game. They should not be giving up touchdowns to to lose the game in overtime. That's what mm-hmm. they're paid to do. It's what they pride themselves to do. They should be able to do it. And if you want to talk about, oh, but the Chiefs and the Bills, it was back and forth and Josh Allen didn't get a chance. I agree with you that it is very criminal that Josh Allen did not move on into the next round of the playoffs last year because he, what, dude, what did he throw? Like nine touchdowns and had like... 11 incompletions or something. <laughs> in it was the, an in unbelievable postseason run by Josh. For two Allen. games. Unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, is that a crime that he didn't move on specifically? Yes. However, Steeler fans, just think about it for a split second. If that was Ben in his prime and we we're in the playoffs and it was back and forth and back and forth like that. And we go to overtime. And oh, actually, don't, don't even think about overtime. We score with 13 seconds left. And the other team gets the ball, and we're ahead by a field goal with 13 seconds left. Didn't it, how irate would you be to let the other team drive 
like 30, 40 yards in, thir- in like 10 seconds. It, I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it's something that definitely shouldn't happen. I, I mean, that's absurd. I'm not saying that's absurd. I'm not. Yeah. I, I mean, you, sh- your defense should be doing enough. But like the thing is, Dom, and we saw it even a lot throughout this season. Uh, defenses or whatever the the dang play calling in those final seconds I could probably name you a couple games off the top of my head are just straight up trash play calling and then it allows the team to just like get in those positions of of scoring and oh it just makes me so angry but my argument is that then you deserve to lose that's my argument sure the Bills score with 13 seconds left and let Patrick Mahomes come on the field First of all, they didn't they didn't kick it in bounds, right? So they so they had no took they took zero time off the clock and got the ball at the twenty five yard line, and then did not cover Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey on back to back plays. For, Why would you? They're scrubs. Yeah, exactly. They're the worst players in the team. Why would you cover them? Mm-hmm. But they did not cover them, and they got in the field goal range in like ten seconds. Kick the field goal, go to overtime. Was. They get the ball first. They score a touchdown. Game over. If if that happened to us or the Steelers, I'd be like, what is wrong with us? Why did we, what is wrong with our play calling? Why can we stop it? We deserve to lose that game. And I know a game you want to talk about for like an ending that way uh, is when the Baltimore Ravens beat the Lions and Justin Tucker kicked the 66-yard field goal. Ooh, whoa, Justin Tucker. He's the best kicker in the league. Whoa. That dude's got three legs is because his wiener's so big. Whoa. You know, that, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Tucker. Yes, that was a great kick. However, weren't they were like in fourth and man, I want to say fourth and 18, fourth and 19. It's something. Really no, I think long. it was more than that. It was it like fourth and I thought it was like fourth and 30 <laughs> or something like that. It was like, it was like astronomically bad. And then you're like, oh, I mean, the Lions are bad, but they're not that bad. And then yeah, it's like, and then they, and then they give up, they give up a pass on that long for yeah. a first down. Wasn't it pass interference or was it actually no, a, co- it was a completed pass? I just try to block out any good memories of the is it completed. Ravens. It was like a, th- it was like a 30 to 40 yard pass completed and no one is around him. What? Are you kidding me? And yeah. it's like you kind of deserve to lose. So my thing with the overtime, also, I feel like now there are, okay, I'll play devil's advocate with myself, right? With overtime, I think it's like all it's doing is delaying the game. Because if you go in overtime, if you want to take Chiefs and Bills as, as an example, Chiefs score a touchdown. Let's say Bills go drive down. They score a touchdown. Now it's sudden death. Next team that scores wins. All Chiefs need is a field goal. They win the game, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of delaying the inevitable. However, there is some, to play devil's advocate, there is some strategy you can use. You can, uh, as a first team, you can go down and score a touchdown and try to do a two-point conversion right away to put pressure on the other team, or the other team can you're score speaking, a touchdown. You're speaking yes. hypotheticals, like different hypotheticals. ways to approach it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, hypotheticals. Hypothetical strategies like the like, uh, the Chiefs, if they, when they got the ball first. They could score down, score a touchdown, and go for two, you know. And then if that's a ballsy strategy, but they could do that. And if they get two, that puts pressure on the Bills to go down and score a touchdown and get two, right? Or if the Chiefs score a touchdown and kick the extra point, then the Bills go down and they score a touchdown. They can go for two just to end it, right then and there. So there is some like extra layers to it. You can, you know, or you can just keep playing it safe and 
score back and forth, and it's just the same thing. It, you know, and and I will say that was that was the part of the whole overtime rule that I really didn't enjoy. You know, the fact that it was like, all right, both teams get a chance to go for it, but then it's sudden death. It's like, what are you changing? It's just like, oh, so you're just adding more steps to the same thing that's happening. Right, like the the outcome will be the same, like, and maybe it won't. But and who knows? Maybe because of this rule, more games will end in ties, more likely because you're already wasting so much clock, you know. And and I know overtime's already it, not. It can't. It can't end in a tie because this rule's only for playoffs. They won't end oh, a playoff sure. game it's in a only, tie. You, no, you're right. My bad. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about that. But uh, no, like Dom said, I I really like that idea when they proposed that to where having that two point conversion. You know, either they can go for the extra point and then the next team will get to go. Or if they want to win the game, they have to go for two. That would be a good one. Or, you know, maybe maybe let's get our special teamers involved, you know. Maybe do like a, a, a kicking competition. I know we talked about this earlier in the week. But maybe having like a, you know, starting at a certain yard line and seeing how many kicks in a row you can get or, or something. I don't know. Just make it almost, almost think- like a shootout-esque kind of a, a thing like you see in other sports. I think it'd be um, really cool. And I think yeah. uh, they won't do it. I think it'd be cool to do. And with Boswell, oh, I would trust not. him to win most of those games, you know, unless we're going against a uh, three leg Tucker. But um, I don't, I, you know, again, if you're, if, if that, if you got to that situation, if that was a hypothetical and you're a Steeler fan, you're like, well, now we're going to lose because we're doing a kickoff against Justin Tucker. We shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. That's just what I think. You, you I think guess. if they really, I was gonna oh, say you. Go I was it. gonna say you have sixty minutes to win a game, so win it or lose it. I was gonna say if you really want to make it interesting, maybe you do that kickoff thing, and then you can uh, like elect one person from your team to stand in the ear of the opposing kicker and just like say anything blasphemous to like really throw them off their game. So like, just just start like Cam Hayward behind Justin Tucker and just have him like. Ah! And then, like, right before he kicks in, see if that does literally anything for the guy. That I might be like, kind of fun. I feel like I would show Justin Tucker, like, the four highlights of him missing a field goal. That's what I would show him. Oh, that would, <laughs> end, that would end his career. Like, on a laptop. That would be, that's how I'd psych him out <laughs> on the field. All oh, right, God. so there we go. We had something to talk about. Now, I guess we, that's it. See you guys later. But wait, oh, there's more. There's more. (laughs) Just before we started the podcast, it was announced breaking news. Bruce Arians is retiring from head from coaching. He is instead moving on to the front of office at Tampa Bay. And they've already appointed Todd Bowles as the head coach in Tampa Bay. That's nuts. Crazy. Crazy. Especially with Mr. Brady. I mean, Brady might as well become the first ever coach uh, quarterback duo by himself. He really should. I mean, he's old enough. The thing that's nuts is like Bruce Arians is like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do with a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And then Tom Brady came back and he's like, oh, yeah, we're set now. And their team looks good again. Also, the NFC is super dumb week. And he's like, oh, we're making a Super Bowl easy. And. He was telling people, oh, I'm not training Tom Brady. I'm not doing that. And then he steps down to be a front of office role. 
I think is very like yeah. interesting and surprising. Good for Todd Bowles, man. I mean, I, he's done a good job with the defense. I think he deserves another shot at coaching because anytime you coach the Jets, I mean, you know, it sucks. Good luck to you. They're just um, a mess of a franchise that desperately needs help. Right. Like the Browns. Um, so I think anytime you, oh, what did I say? Did I, did I say that? Sorry. Um, it's a little bit of time, I think. Maybe. It's a, a Freudian slip, I think. Um, anytime <laughs> that you, you, you do something like that, I think. Oh, oh so what I, what, sorry. What I read was, I lost my train of thought. What I had read was that Bruce Arians, this was actually his dream. His dream was to step down and give the head coaching job to someone on his team, but he wanted to do it when his team was in a good position. So I think I find that really interesting that like, yep, the Buccaneers are in a good position. So you want to give it to like a coach that deserves it. So they all that like, maybe they have a good year and that coach can go, he can move on if he wants to, or he can do whatever else. But it's almost kind of like, I, I mean, I read it at first, like, dude, this guy's crazy, but it's kind of like selfless too, because the Bucs could very well win the Super Bowl this year. Very well could. You got, you've got, man, how many teams are AFC? 16, right? You got mm-hmm. th- you got thirteen of them that are good. Thirteen of them are gonna and spoiler alert. I don't know if we're one of them. We'll find out. But you got thirteen of them that are good, and they're gonna duke it out. And now I'll say we're one of them. Sure. Sorry, I just thought of like three other teams. Uh, they're all gonna <laughs> battle and fight each other. And then in the NFC, you have the Buccaneers, maybe the Packers, but they've lost a lot of people because of Aaron Rodgers' money. Maybe the Cardinals. Maybe the Rams. That's it. So they yeah. can they can make it back. You know, and and here's my thing because I was thinking about this. I have I have a little conspiracy theory uh, going on with this whole Bruce Arians thing going on. Uh, so you know, do you remember the incident uh, back when Buccaneers played the Jets, and then Mister AB went off the field, and you know. Basically took off his clothes and jumped up and down. Uh, it sounds familiar. I feel like that would be over TV, all over TV. Play the clip. <laughs> I, I don't have. All right. I don't have yeah, those capabilities. Yeah, no, that's fair. I was, I was really hoping that would kind of come on faster. Oh, anyway, so this, this uh, is a podcast. And then, and then, <laughs> this oh, is also, this oh is yeah, it. that's right. Uh, <laughs> so, so then, uh, obviously, all these things started coming up about how Coach Arians is not a, a player's coach. He's He's kind of kind of a dick, and he just you know like AB showing all of his text messages between them, and how he's right. like, "Yo, coach, I'm injured," and he's like, "I don't care. We're paying you money. You get out there." And he's like, "But coach, my foot's inside out," and he's like, "I don't care. You're getting out there." And uh, and so what I'm thinking is my conspiracy is this might be like a a Gruden incident. Just kidding. It's not going to go that far. No, but, no, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. But but maybe some more things were like AB's x-rays came up and then he was just so embarrassed by it to where AB's like, listen, if you don't stop coaching right now, these are going to surface. And he's like, about your foot? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, man, I just don't even care anymore. I can't deal with this anymore. So then Bruce Arians like, Psh, can I get, can I be done? And then now he's done. So and the that's rest my conspiracy. History. Yep. Well, you know what? I... Don't know if it has legs, but uh, neither did Antonio Brown. So, all, we'll, all I can we'll say see. is it expected on Good Morning Football probably next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is really breaking news. I just find it funny. I just got a 
tweet about football stuff going on just now. That lay it on me. That former commanders or Washington football team, as we all know and love them, their former quarterback Alex Smith said this about Washington's organization. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of distractions. That entire organization, everything surrounded surrounding it, and deservedly so. It's been flawed the last twenty years. So he just called them a poverty franchise. I think. You know the way that you started that <laughs> sentence, saying X or former uh, Commanders quarterback. I was like, "Damn, is once done already?" Like that, <laughs> that was like that was like my initial thought behind it. Just I was like, wow, the, that was really quick. He's like, ah, uh, I, you know, maybe if you would have stuck with the Washington Football Team as a name, I yeah, would have been commanders. more about it. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually going to quit. Actually, so I'll it, see you guys later. It's like this sounds, this sounds way too much like an XFL team. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm kind of out of it. I want to be a bison again. Oh, he might as well be. They're not doing anything. Um, So that kind of clears up the NFL news. Like we said, there's not a lot going on in NFL news. No. Um, There's still some fantasy stuff going on. The Steelers signed a player. Whoa, is it Tyron Matthew? It's not. I'm sorry. They still has not been signed. Will he be signed? I don't know. I want him to be signed. We all do. We all want Tyron Matthew to be signed. But remember, Steeler fans, if he's not signed, Edmonds is not that bad. We talked about it. He's a solid player, and he's probably going to be cheap. Nobody wants him either. Also, you got to remember, too, that the longer a player remains unsigned, typically it's either a team's either just going to go all in and like give this unbelievable amount of money, or it could be a situation to where his value just comes down and we can get him for super affordable, which would be really nice. But like you said... Edmonds isn't isn't a bad option either. No. I mean, all you Edmonds, I I I am a former Edmonds hater. I will admit it. Hello, my name is Chris Peskowski, and I used to hate uh, Terrell Edmonds. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I have now seen the lights and realizes that he's not going to be a Pro Bowler. He's not going to be a guy who gets you seven picks in a season. But he's healthy always. And he and he provides pretty good support in the backfield along with Minka. Now that's a first round pick if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Sorry, uh, let, let's. Uh, I'm trying to get off the hate bandwagon. I, I want to no, stay I like, there. I like Edmonds. I think he's solid. He could be really cheap, and Matthew might get cheaper. Um, so he has talked to Mike Tomlin. He says Mike Tomlin's a cool dude. So you know, mm-hmm. you, you never know what could happen. We did sign. Jannard Avery uh, mm-hmm. this week. You know what? I I wasn't going to talk about it, you guys. I really wasn't because it seemed like such a who cares signing, you know? Kind of like Gunner. No offense, Gunner. My Mr. No Ragrats man. Um, but <laughs> it, it. I watched this tape today, like right before we did this podcast, this highlight tape that um, our YouTube page had made. And uh, he, I was honestly like kind of surprised. I mean, if you're a Steeler fan and you watched the outside linebackers last year with Taco Charlton and Derek Zuska, whatever you pronounce his name, Tuska, Tuscaloosa, Tuska, Derek Tuska. If you watched those two guys and you thought, hey, they did pretty solid in rotational pieces, like you and I did, then you would also be honestly impressed with Avery's tape. 
because I was watching his outside linebacker tape and I was like, huh, not bad. Really not bad. He's quick. And that was the very first thing that I noticed. And, and like nothing about his stats really jumped out at me. But at the same time, you know, all of his highlights were just, you know, zooming by the the tackles and being able to get in there and get those sacks. And, and you know, I, I saw a very interesting thing brought up to where, you know, if, if he's a special teamer, that's fine and all because obviously we could use that. But at the same time, we don't know the futures of like Taco because we only sign mm-hmm. him, like you said, or, or, right. or Tusca. So, a great, great uh, rotational piece in there too. Um, I'm, I'm not upset about it. And, and the, another thing that I personally like is the fact that he has history with the Browns because it kind of gives him that he, he already knows the AFC North, which is nice. So right. he understands the rivalries, the division, everything like that. So it, it might bring a more competitive edge to him. So I, he looked, you know, he looked very decent for the role he plays mostly. He looked very yeah. decent for a, a rotational piece. So, you know, good for them. But moving on from free agency, like we talked about last week, because nothing's happening. You know, if we, if we sign Tyron, you'll know about it. Uh, you'll probably know about it more from uh, we from maybe the videos we post. If you guys do listen to the podcast, make sure you do follow us on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on TikTok. We try to make some funny posts, some funny shorts, some reels about what is going on with the Steelers and kind of like quick comedy opinions about the Steelers. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you won't be all the way upset by it. Not to say people were upset, but we made a uh, short or a TikTok, I guess, um, last week about <laughs> about the Steelers maybe not making, maybe not even having a winning record this next year. And there we had, I had a lot of Steeler fans. I mean, it, you know, it had zero views two days in a row. And out of nowhere, it kind of just like blew up and had 10,000 views. And uh, yeah, a lot of the comments, though, were like, well, the Steelers are going to win. They've won with Mason and Duck, and they won with all this, and they've never had a losing season. I understand. You, you don't have to tell me that. I've watched the Steelers. We've, we've watched the Steelers since Big Ben was on the team our whole mm-hmm. life. We have never, ever in our lifetime while watching the Steelers, seen the losing season. We know how good they can be. We know the organization. You don't have to tell us that. The only reason why we made that joke that they may not have a winning record is because of how stacked the AFC is. Mm-hmm. We, we've said this before, and I'll, and I'll say it again until people actually like listen to the podcast. We recognize how we've probably improved as a team this year, but the AFC has doubly improved, and they're, and they're so strong. And we'll do a, like a schedule prediction at some point down the line here. Um, but, and you never know what could happen. You know, Mitch could come out and he could just light it up. You really don't know. I, I, I just think like on paper, we might be losing a lot more games, but mostly because the AFC is so crazy, not because of us, which kind of translates. Sorry, I, I, which <laughs> I'm getting excited, which transitions <laughs> into the NFL draft. That's what we're going to talk about next. Because we're not going to talk about quarterbacks today, but in talking about quarterbacks, if that's something you want this year as a Steeler fan, keep this in mind. If we do have a losing record next year, maybe it's losing. Maybe it's it's bad enough to be top ten, but not because our team's bad. 
because the AFC is just so crazy loaded and expensive, which is going to hurt them in the long run, other teams. But maybe we end up getting a top 10 pick while building next year, and we can get an even crazier quarterback. Just something to think about. I agree. Do you, do you care if I announce the uh, next segment that we got going on? I do not care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Dom and I, like, like we said in previous podcasts, uh, talk a lot, probably every day about football. And, and especially now that we have this hobby and that we're making so much money from this podcast. Thanks to Loaded. all of you guys. Loaded. Um, we, we, we're just talking constantly and trying to think of ideas and things to talk about. So we thought of this segment, especially with the, the draft up and coming to uh, kind of do like our top players. But what I, what I mean by that is like, that is so repetitive. Everybody does like, these are the top players in the draft. These are the top players by this position. And, you know, after talking, I was like, no, scratch that. Let's not do that. What, what we're going to do is we're going to each week from here until the draft comes up, pick pick a positional need that the Steelers need and then kind of kind of go through our top uh Dom will go through a top three I'll go through my top three but it's not like hey these are the top uh people in the at this position it's more of like here's here's a top person that I could see us drafting later on like a like a day three day two and so Dom will kind of go in and discuss that earlier rounds like potential you know, day one, day two talent, and then, you know, kind of seeing what we could be excited for in the later parts of the draft. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's something fun for us. We'll pick, uh, we, we're, we're about a month away right now. So I think we'll pick four positions to talk over. And tonight we'll be talking about receivers. Um, I mm-hmm. want to preface this with uh, like, this is kind of, if you do end up listening to the podcast, this is kind of, you know, just for fun and maybe give you some names you don't know, maybe some names you already do know. Kind of build more hype around what other Steeler fans are thinking because we're Steeler fans just like you. And maybe we're thinking of the same names you are. And that might be, and that's fun to listen to. Um, I, I do want to say this though, and it's just, just a little bit of a tangent. Chris and I, you know, we're going to say some people that we like. And um, I don't want to, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to tell you that we, know better than everybody else or we think we know better than everybody else but i do think in the short years that we've been following the draft that we have a pretty good track record on seeing who's successful and who is not uh most of the time yeah most of the time we've been we've been watching um oh they oh sorry that tweet they gave todd bowles a five-year contract so he's staying in tampa bay um but for the short while we've been watching um, the draft and, and trying to keep up with it, for the most part, we you know there's players that we've wanted and and uh, the Steelers you know if they draft them or don't they have been successful. Now mm-hmm. again, like I'm not saying that we're right every time. There are two main instances where I remember being extremely wrong. One was being in 2013 when we drafted Le'Veon Bell, and Eddie Lacy was on the board, and I thought that was stupid. But I was the dumb one. And also when we drafted TJ Watt in 2017, I thought that was dumb too because I thought we were drafting him just for a name. And look at me now, a big clown. I love TJ Watt. <laughs> that, was a, that was a terrible, <laughs> terrible take. But uh, there are some players that we've liked. Some examples being 
uh, last year. I I love Pat Fryermuth. Chris loves Pat Fryermuth. We all love Pat Fryermuth. He's great. He's a new tight end. The better pick was Creed Humphrey. It really was. That was the better yeah. pick. And if you get a center there, you don't need to get a center in the third round for Kendrick Green. You know who me and Chris wanted in the third round? We wanted Nick Bolton, who also went to the Kansas City Chiefs and lit it up as a linebacker there. These things happen. You could say it could have, would have, should have all day long, and we're not the GMs. But like those would have been better picks, and those are people that you and I really wanted. Also, mm-hmm. it also not to hate on Terrell Edmonds, but when we drafted him in the first round, I was also scouting safeties for us that year. The better safeties in my head, watching the tape and looking at stuff, was Jesse Bates the third and Justin Reed. Guess who's still better safeties than Terrell Edmonds? Jesse Bates the third and Justin Reed. And they were drafted in the second and third rounds. The, the thing that can get really frustrating, too, about the Steelers and how they draft is, you know, I do think they look for a skill set for sure, but they're also big time into character and kind yes. of, you know, I, I feel like more often than not, uh, especially once we get into the later parts of the draft, I, I, I think of some drafts where I'm like, who? Who yep. is that? And then they're like, Wow, this guy is—he's a hard worker. He, you know, he's—he's he's been through it all and everything. And and you know, and I'd say they do a good job. They—I they, feel like most of the time they do pan out. But it—that it, can be a little bit of the frustrating side of being a Steeler fan. Is I feel like one, especially once we get to the later parts of the draft, it's—it's it's not so much about like the names that you hear. It's more of like just honestly kind of like randos <laughs> what, yeah. you know what I mean especially uh, with this position because we're going to talk yes. about wide receivers and if, you, uh, if you're a Steeler fan you know that the Steelers draft wide receivers fairly well they really pick up some good talent here and there um, maybe not the best attitudes but they pick up good talent and uh, just to, to kind of drive that point home more for us we Obviously, love Juju. We thought he was a really great player. Um, I remember when they drafted Juju that year. I was like, "Who is that?" Granted, I didn't really keep up yeah. with the draft. You might be like, "How did you not know who Juju was?" <clears throat> I didn't really keep up with the draft. I didn't really. I was just kind of starting into it, trying to find more players. I had no idea who that was. But the only player in my eyes drafted it that year that is better than Juju is Cooper Cup. The rest are just like the rest are Corey Davis. He was in the first round. He's not good. Mike Williams for the Chargers. He's all right. Zay Jones. No. Chris Godwin. He's okay. So, I mean, well, actually, Chris Godwin's really good. Sorry. Chris Godwin's really good. So, maybe Cooper Cup <laughs> and Chris Godwin. I think I was thinking of Marquise Goodwin. Uh, that's my bad. Um, Chris yeah. Godwin's really good. But you know what I mean? It's like it's, they, they find gems here and there. Um, they, when they drafted Claypool, of course, like, which you can't really count, but you know, CD Lamb and Justin Jefferson was in that group, but they went way ahead in the first round. That was our only pick that, or that was our first pick that year in the second round. So they find good talent. So uh, we're going to try to talk about wide receivers. And uh, I personally think Chris is going to, since Chris has some later round wide receivers, I personally think that we're going to draft one early because we're in dire need since we just lost three. But watch us not pick anyone we say here, like Chris said. Call so, it. I'll go first. I'll try to make this quick, a little snappy. Uh, Chris might have some more details on it. 
Uh, the first one is also the most unrealistic. It would be because I think he is going to be in a first round pick or a, a super high second round pick. And honestly, I'd be a little mad if we went wide receiver in the first round with all our needs. But mm. that's the Steelers. You never know what's going to happen. It, that, well, that name is Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Now, uh, I have watched Jahan Dotson's tape. I've watched his play. I mean, there's a reason why he's a top receiver. There's a reason why he is projected first round. If you watch his highlights, Chris, or anybody at home, there's not really... I mean, it's very impressive. It really is. It's, there's not really a thing that he's bad at. Besides the one-hand catches, I mean, I mean, yes, he has sure hands. He can catch in traffic. He can create intense separation. He's got um, very like decent speed. He has great route running. Um, he can block. I mean, it's like, what can't this kid do? He, he can do deep routes. He can do short routes. He can do slant. It's like he can do, kind of do everything. Um, to give you a little more context on this man, Jahan Dotson, uh, he runs a four-four-three, and uh, in his last year at Penn State, he had ninety-one receptions for eleven hundred eighty-two yards, thirteen-yard catch average, with twelve touchdowns, and with his longest an eighty-six-yard touchdown, so, um, or an eighty-six-yard catch. Yeah, very, very good. On a, on a Penn State team that wasn't very good. <laughs> no. um, I don't think there's anything else to say, really, about Dotson. He just, uh, he's a great receiver. Somebody's going to get him. Someone's going to be really happy with him. It's probably going to be someone we don't like. But uh, honestly, you know who it's probably going to be? It's probably going to be the Chiefs. Realistically, yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to be the Chiefs that get him. Um, but that is an option, I think. If they go in the first round, a more realistic option for my next two, these would be second round picks. This this guy might not last to our pick in the second round. This is someone I want more, even though he's not uh, the popular fan pick. But it is George Pickens from Georgia. George Pickens, I really encourage you if you're on the fence with George Pickens, to yeah. So Chris is begging, so am I. I really encourage cool. you to look up his tape, okay? George Pickens is uh, 6'3". You know, I didn't, I didn't even mention D- D- Dotson's height. Dotson's uh, 5'11". So, uh, George, Pickens, George Pickens is 4 inches taller. It's quick math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I was giving you the nod. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's 6'3". Uh, he ran a four four six, I believe, four four seven, four four seven forty yard dash. Played at Georgia, and uh, if you watch his tape, man, the thing about that I like about him is he is a true outside receiver, kind of like a Z receiver. He kind of runs deep, does curl routes. He plays the outside perimeter really, really well, and um, he's got really strong hands. He's a big body. He boxes people out. He's got strong hands. He's kind of like what we want Claypool to be. And Claypool is it because Claypool just jumps in the air. You know, uh, Pickens, he just really kind of, he's, he bullies people. He's got a good attitude. He blocks people into smithereens. The thing with George Pickens is uh, his stats aren't really that great. Um, every year they've kind of declined. Now, to be fair, in 2021, he, um, before the season started in March, he tore his ACL. So he came back. 
in the last like five games, then the, all those being playoff games. And um, I'm sure he was still kind of recovering. He maybe just wanted to play because he didn't really go off in those games. You know, he had one reception for five yards, two receptions for 41 yards, one reception for nine yards, one reception for 52 yards. Um, pretty much like a catch a game. So he didn't like really blow up in those games he came back for. Um, in 2020, he had 36 receptions for 513 yards and six touchdowns. The year before that was better, 727 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, so I guess that is a cause for concern. Maybe is you know he went downhill. Plus he had the ACL injury, but I don't know, man. His tape looks really good, and in my personal opinion, I think we need a Z wide receiver more than a quick slot guy. I think we've had enough of those, personally. Now, I know, I know you're saying that because maybe you're. I, I know you're laughing, Chris, because maybe a lot of your guys are quick, are quick slot guys. I think we need a Z guy more because That's here's another fair. here's another hot take for you that a lot of people don't agree with. I think Claypool Give is better in the slot. I don't think Claypool should I, be our Z guy because everyone says, "Well, that's his role. That's what he should do." I yes, that is what he should do, but he's not very good at it. He jumps up and he leaves his feet, and he's a fifty-fifty guy, mostly on the missing side. But in the slot, he really succeeds. He really does. Hold on now. Let's see. I I let's give him this one more year because I I want to see how he'll do with a guy who can actually throw the football more than thirty yards. I agree. Right. Agree. I agree. I agree. But I'm just saying he does succeed in the slot. I think Pickens is a true outside guy. I don't know if we need another fast, short inside guy. However, my last pick can, will, I think, will definitely be there in the second round, if not the third, but probably not because he's getting a lot of traction right now. It is Sky Moore. Sky Moore is from Western Michigan. He is a staggering five ten. <laughs> and he runs a 4-4-1 40-yard dash. He I watched his highlights. I'd encourage you to watch those as well. I don't like to make wild comparisons and wild logistical jumps about a, about who players are or or comps, I guess. So I don't want to say this, but this is what this is truly what he reminded me of, and it's gonna be blasphemous. I know his play reminded me of a little bit of Antonio Brown. Okay, and I and now well, well, put down your pitchforks. Hold on, I'm not trying to say that he is the next Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was a anomaly out of of a sixth round, and it's insane that he was as good as he was with his intangibles, very similar to what Sky Moore's intangibles are. The only reason why I'm saying that is watching him run, he has sneaky speed, kind of like Antonio Brown did. It's like like he's not the fastest guy out there. He's faster than the two receivers, the two receivers I just named. But he he kind of like he positions his routes. I know he's a big Antonio Brown fan, where he kind of fakes you out with the speed and then breaks and gets a lot of separation on his breaks and his route running. Uh, great at slants, great at running routes in general. He has very good concentration for his size. I, um, I was really impressed. This was somebody who actually I was on board with because he is the popular Steeler pick to draft, and I just want to be different, and I don't want to see us draft a Sky Moore. But watching his taping, and I was like, well, you know what, man? He is good. He he he's, he stays really concentrated on the ball when it's in the air. He makes tough catches. He makes good route decisions. 
He knows what he's doing when he's when he's got the ball in his hands and pre-play. He's, he looks really smart. It's uh, I, I think if if you got any three of these guys, Steeler fans, I think you can be pretty happy. I do got to say, I I am kind of surprised with the uh, shift in your tone towards Sky Moore because I know you and I have talked about him. Uh, previously and, and watch the highlights and we weren't necessarily like blown away like maybe we had been for the other guys um but yeah no good take on it i, I like that i think i think i watched it again and, it, and i could just see like it, it's something about that's sneaky like antonio brown it, it's the way he runs routes is just kind of like it, it's it's like oh like, like i think every cornerback that lined up against them was like this guy's not gonna burn me and then he does every single time <laughs> so and he just had good concentration on the ball. So I don't know. I, th- I thought he did really well. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Chris, why don't you take so, it away with some later rounds? Yeah. So, like, like we oh, said before, wait 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. I don't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to quickly lay out Sky Moore's stats from his last season. <sighs> 95 receptions, 1,292 yards, 13-6 average with 10 touchdowns. Okay, go ahead. All right, book it. Done. <laughs> Draft. Okay, um, go ahead. I do got to make a comment about my, George, uh, my boy George Pickens, uh, though, because uh, find me a better wide receiver uh, or find me a wide receiver with a better bull rush than uh, George Pickens. I know, I'm saying. Seriously, don't even watch his highlights where the dude catches it or he dies for it where or where he's just completely amazing and perfect. You can t- you definitely tell he's one of my favorites. Um, but literally, there's like back-to-back clips to where this man will just go and he'll just bully someone and push him like to another dimension, like basically to the shadow realm. Uh, and, and the dude just does not come back from it. He's so embarrassed. And then, you know what George Pickens does? He whispers in his ear and he goes, I'm George Pickens. And that's all he says. <laughs> and it just strikes fear in, in a lot of people's hearts. But I agree. moving on. Uh, so, Dom kind of covered the first half. Uh, guys that you could potentially see us drafting in day one, day two. Uh, the guys that I'm going to be talking about are people that I feel like we could still be excited for if the Steelers decide to draft later. Uh, so we're looking at late day two and then all into day three. Um, and <laughs> yes, Dom is talking about maybe switching uh, Claypool over to slot and also, um, you know, us maybe needing not a slot receiver, but I'm going to switch it up, switch it up a little bit. All right. I'm going to be talking about only slot receivers. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Stick it <laughs> uh, to them. Uh, at least, at least two of my guys. So, uh, what, one of my favorite people that I, I looked up, and let me just preface this by saying, I, I actually did probably way too much research uh, on all of these guys. Uh, so, the first guy that I really, really like and that I could see in a late day two um, is my boy Calvin Austin III out of Memphis. Uh, so, a little tidbit on Calvin. Uh, he is even more staggering than Skymore because Ooh. he stands at a whopping five foot eight inches. And uh, not only that, eight. but yeah, five foot eight. So we got another, basically a Darren Sproles out there or oh, maybe Darren Sproles little cousin uh, emphasis on the little. Um, Golly. Not only that, but he's only a buck 62. 
So, yeah, he is small and skinny and definitely going to need to bulk up a little bit once he hits the NFL. Uh, but the, the, the thing is, the dude is unbelievably athletic. So I, I was watching his tape and I noticed that they played Calvin Austin at the X receiver position on the outside, which first off was very surprising, uh, judging that literally the cornerbacks covering him uh, d- literally stood a whole head taller than him. But it did not matter. I think I think Calvin Austin um, can be used in so many different ways, and I think he's way too small to be on that outside. We he's he's really fast and shifty and elusive, and has honestly super good breakaway speed. Talking Watch his up tape on that right break, now. Yeah, do it, and I and I encourage anybody else listening to this to definitely watch his tape. Um, but. The dude uh, was a a track star at the University of Memphis, and he shows a lot of versatility in his open field running. Um, So the the combine kind of got him clocked in a little differently. They had him at five nine, a buck sixty two. There we go. When I say when I say fast, I mean he is fast. He he ran the forty in a four point three two seconds. It. Not only this, but this was more impressive. He had a 39-inch vertical. 39. Okay. I don't know about you, Dom, but that's more than half of his body height. So, screw this 5'9 talk, all right? If you if you add that together, we got a 9-foot receiver that's 162 pounds. I'm running away from that because I'm more so scared of really tall, lanky people. But that is beside the point. He also had a 11-foot-3 broad jump. Okay, um, but anyway, keeping up with him, he he was a walk on at Memphis, and he's a two sport athlete at a D one university. He received All American honors in track. Uh, Austin played off of reserves and, and the bench his first two seasons, but after working hard, he gained a full scholarship. And then he saw a ton more action his junior year, uh, where he gained All American first team honors, and in in twenty twenty. Uh, he led the team with 63 receptions for 1,053 yards and 11 touchdowns. And I kid you not, in his highlights, he's literally mossing guys. I am sorry. And- I'm, I'm trying to not, I'm trying to hold in my laughter. I'm just watching a highlight where uh, the other team was trying to down a punt and they didn't down it and they all left it there. And then he picked it up and ran around everybody for a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing that I put about him is I, I, f- I feel like he could be super good in the run game. He's very... And, and to me, it's almost like what we wanted Dre Archer to be, but Dre Archer, yeah, I, I know. Um, but, you know, so that was the stats for 2020, and you're like, oh my gosh, like a thousand yards, that that really doesn't happen all that often in college. I mean, other than if you're a top pick. Well, he, he led the team again in 2021 with 74 receptions, uh, 1149 for yards, and eight touchdowns. And he received, you know, uh, first team all conference from there. So I think Calvin Austin would be a really excellent late day two, uh, early day three candidate to pick up. I think having him at the slot position for the Steelers would be super awesome because he's shifty and fast and he can uh, run straight underneath people's legs because he's that short. <laughs> Um, he looks he looks really good, man. I can't I can't lie to you. I think I think he looks it's a great find. I think he looks great. Yeah, it's just it's it, it was unbelievable what I found. Um 
Coming in at number two for uh, a late draft pick, uh, I went with my boy Juan Dale Robinson. Uh, yes, sir. Out of, Ken- out of Kentucky. Um, just so you know, uh, you know a guy's going to be a baller when his they just refer to him as Dale. All right? Heck yeah. Dale... Dale's Dale's a good guy. He's he's uh he's another great option to fill at that slot receiver position. And I say that because he is also five foot eight. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, he's he's a little more bulky though. He's a uh a buck eighty, so he has a little bit more muscle to him. But um, you know, based off of the highlights, he he looked to play a lot more into that slot role, and they had him more on the inside rather than the out. Um so it was kind of nice to see him in that role and the the dude excelled. Um, he has great open space awareness and he makes the most out of every play. I feel like watching his highlights, um, it's not just a simple, you know, try to run up the field, dive for whatever. The dude's cutting back. He's he's running into guys if he doesn't feel like he can get more. He's he's just doing whatever he can to, you know, make make more of his play. And And the dude's also not afraid to lay out. I think I saw him dive for about, you know, five or six catches on his highlights and, you know. <laughs> He's literally fighting this guy right now. Like, he, like, yeah. he, like, he, he, he caught a deep pass. I encourage everyone to watch these highlights that Chris is mentioning. He caught this deep pass and he's trying to stiff on this guy and he wouldn't let go, but he just kept, like, punching him to, like, to get him to let go. It was awesome. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, like, you can definitely tell he leaves it all out there. I think I saw an interview with him and they're like, yo, Juan Dale. Uh, how do you do it? And he's like, I don't know, man. It's a God-given gift. And I think that was a phenomenal answer. Ooh, um, he looks strong, too, for being that he, little. He, he is. And, you know, I think size, height-wise, is the biggest concern. But, I mean, I think it all goes away for how shifty he is and his play style. What was um, his 40-time again? He had a 4.44. Dang. So so he's pretty quick. Not quite as fast as Calvin Austin, but he is fast. Um, he was a Nebraska transfer, so he transferred from Nebraska over to Kentucky. Sure. Uh, and in there, here's here's what really blew me away. Um, because you know, whenever you look up receiver stats, especially first rounders who go, you'll see like a thousand yards, maybe maybe a little less than that, and maybe like sixty receptions. So. He set a record at Kentucky with 104 receptions, uh, 1,334 yards, and seven touchdowns. Golly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, But but apparently that wasn't enough because it only earned him second team uh, all SEC honors. Wow. yeah, he was the uh, 20, 2022 Citrus Bowl MVP with 10 catches for 170 yards over Iowa. <laughs> uh, it's probably because it's probably he plays in Kentucky, to be honest. Yeah, right. And then uh, in 2019, when he was a freshman, he only started about four games, but he had 40 catches for 453 yards and two touchdowns. Lord. Uh, so, so, I mean, as a freshman, only starting four games, um, you know, it's... I think the stats are there. The dude's an absolute playmaker, and I would love to see him in the black and gold. Yeah, seems tough. Small but tough. Mighty Mouse. Uh, Exactly. And then the last guy that I have on my list is a little guy out of uh, (laughs) Tulsa. 
Uh-huh. And his name is Mr. Josh Johnson. Uh, Josh Johnson. Now, I, I again encourage anyone watching, uh, you know, listening to this podcast to watch highlights of these guys. Doing um, it. Because obviously anything that we say, it's just kind of our breakdown of the player. Um, but I was quite impressed with Josh Johnson. I, I feel like if we were to get him in, in the later rounds, maybe like five or even a six, I'd be pretty excited about it because the dude can straight up play. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't really get the dimensions on here or, or the 40. I, if you want to look that up, Dom, so that way you can provide some more stats for people. That's awesome. Um, but Josh Johnson, uh, gosh, I mean, I think Tulsa does a great job of producing wide receivers. And I only know that off of the one guy that we have, Deontay Johnson, but God, they're so similar. I, I, as watching his highlights and I was like, you know, I just kept seeing uh, DJ out there and I was like, yeah, the dude is shifty. He, he's, he's able to create a lot of space and he just, he shows a lot of grit when he plays there. You know, I, I think, uh. Uh, something that makes DJ so great is his just awareness. And, you know, when he gets into the open field, he can break it for another, I don't know, 15, 20 yards. And I think Josh Johnson brings that exact same play style. Um, what what I really like about him is the fact that he did play with Deontay. So, obviously, they would have that chemistry there if Josh were to get drafted. And, you know, they also had the same wide receiver coach. So, it, it's 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 obviously uh homegrown talent there in Tulsa. Uh they they have some things working over there. Um but he Josh Johnson is definitely a late round pick that I would not mind to see us getting. He kind of runs like a gazelle. He does. It's it's very like uh it honestly kind of reminds me of AB a little bit the way that he runs sometimes. No way. He like pr- he like yeah. prances around. Yeah, He's but like, I'm he, talking like AB when he does the his prant. You know what? Be oh, quiet. like when he's scoring a touchdown. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. But that's just that's just how he runs all the time. Yeah. Um I <laughs> did uh, I did want to th- Sorry, I was gonna say there's there's no forty yard time. But if you Is there had it no. But uh, if the if okay. you have his did you say his stats from last year already? I did not. Okay, do you have them? I do not. <laughs> okay. Uh he had eighty three receptions, eleven hundred and fourteen yards for sixteen six touchdowns. My gosh. Granted, yes, different schools, you know, not quite like the, in Alabama, but I mean, I think they can play. Um, I do have some honorable mentions that I'm not really going to speak a lot on, just why I put them there. Uh, if you get a chance, watch David Bell. He's definitely going to be a top, uh, probably day two draft pick. Probably could see him in the second round. He's out of Purdue. Um, the dude's really talented. Uh, go ahead and watch his tape. Uh, And then I have Alec Pierce or yeah, Pierce out of Cincinnati. Uh, The dude is also really good. He has a lot of height to him. Uh, The reason why I mentioned him is because we don't know who we are getting in the draft at that number 20. And I know QB has been passed around a lot. Uh, And so obviously he's played with uh, Desmond Ritter. Um, And so obviously it might be a good idea to get someone for him. Uh, that he's comfortable with, um, but you never know. And then the last guy I have is Dontario Drummond out of Old Miss. Kind of the same thing. He's played with uh, Matt Corral, um, and he, he definitely plays that, you know, uh, number one receiver really well. Uh, so definitely give him a watch. Uh, I do want to say if if we are gracious enough to get the Kenny Pickett, 
Uh, I wouldn't mind if we waited on getting a, another receiver and picked up Mr. Jordan Addison next we, season. Yeah, if, <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, but that's just high hopes. <laughs> um, well, before we go, Chris, I do want to make a slight correction for anybody who actually listened this far in the podcast. As you were saying that Josh Johnson was teammates with Deontay Johnson, but Deontay Johnson did not go to Tulsa. He went to the University of Toledo. Oh, Toledo. Oh, F. Never mind. Well, <laughs> uh, you know what? Forget what I just said. I uh, obviously am uneducated uh, and I don't watch football, really. I, uh, we just pretend. What can I say? I just pretend. <laughs> On that note, um, surprisingly, this podcast went for a long time, considering how I didn't think we had a lot to talk about. Um, so we're going to wrap it up for this week. But thank you for listening. And uh, next week, we're going to pick a new position to talk about. Give her kind of a t- our top three for both Chris and I. Uh, remember to follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and on TikTok. It is the Northern Steel Podcast. I'm your host, Dominic. This is Chris. We wish you a good night. Peace out. Peace.